Good morning. You are listening to Real Life, Real People Radio on this Sunday morning. Thank you for joining us today. And if you've been listening to us, we just want to thank you. Thank you, all of you who listen each week at 9 o'clock. And we thank our sponsors. If you sponsor us, you know who you are. Mount Pleasant Eye Care Center, thank you for sponsoring us each month. And those individuals, we could not do this without you. Today, we're going to talk to you again about hope. We've been talking about hope the month of September and how we can keep hope alive. And I just want to say, hope has a name, and his name is Jesus. And if you remember that, wow, you you are a step ahead. And so let's remember that as we live in this world that we live in with so much going on around us and A lot of us do have those times of hopelessness, but Jesus is here to give us that hope. So today I'm going to interview someone that will share some miracles in his life and how Jesus has been a hope for him and and how he has had a changed heart, literally and physically and, and spiritually. So I can't wait to have him begin and share what was on his heart and how Jesus has changed his heart. But before we begin, I would like to invite you to sit back, relax, grab your favorite cup of coffee, grab hold of your Bibles, but most importantly, grab hold of Jesus and he will bring the Bible to life for you. Let me lead us in a word of prayer and we'll introduce our interview today. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the hope that you give us and thank you that our hope can be alive because Jesus is alive. And Lord, we know that we must go through certain things, but it's all so that we can be closer to you. So Lord, today, be with us and be with our special guest as he shares a little bit about how you have come alive in his heart once again and and changed him. And Lord, we just thank you that you are the one that can change our hearts no one else, only you, only you. And so we praise you today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I am happy to introduce the next person I'm interviewing today who, wow, once you hear his story, you're going to have hope. If you don't have hope today, wait till you hear his story. I'm pleased to introduce Brent Gardner. How are you today, Brent? I am good, Jill. Thank you for having me. You are so welcome. I'm so glad that really the Holy Spirit told me, you've got to interview Brent. I've known you a little while in this community, and and I know a little bit about your story because you shared it with me one day, and I just, when I was thinking, who can I interview that can share hope? It was you. So first of all, who is your hope? Well, I, I would and, tell you, my hope is in Jesus. Amen. And uh, I, I am a walking miracle. Uh, I've had, I had a very serious health condition uh, August the 30th. Which is, happens to be today. today. See, we record some of these shows earlier right. than they're um, aired. So two years ago today two years ago today in fact when you and i were visiting about it and you uh-huh. talked about the timing i yes. wondered if it wouldn't be today <laughs> wow. and, well and, god does that well almost a sense of humor yes right? yes so, well tell us about two years ago today okay walk us through this miracle sure well i, I was on vacation my wife and i were on vacation and i was on a walk uh, you know me well enough to know i walk a fair amount yes i've seen and, you walk around town <laughs> yes so i i had developed some discomfort and mm-hmm. And I wasn't terribly concerned uh, initially because I had dealt with acid reflux in the past, and I thought I'll just walk through this. And 
it it got intense enough that I couldn't continue. I went back to the our place, and Janice said, "You know, is your chest bothering you?" And I said, "Yeah, but I don't I don't think this is anything." And in the middle of the night, it reached a point that I just couldn't go on any longer. And she called uh, the paramedics. They hauled me off to the hospital where I got diagnosed immediately. And they said, you know, we're going to operate off the belief that you're having a heart attack and we're taking you to the cath lab right wow. now. Wow. And it was really that quick. Um, I got in there, got the procedure. I got into the ICU. And I honestly was was feeling better, and and I thought to myself, you know, isn't modern medicine an amazing thing? Mm-hmm. You you can have a heart attack, you can get rushed to a hospital, you can get diagnosed, you get a stent. I'm feeling better. I'll have a good night. I'll have a good day tomorrow, and maybe they'll let me go home. And at that point, the bottom fell out of everything. Mm. The the very next thing that I remember was waking up and finding a gentleman on top of me, my nurse jerking on my arm, and my bed was completely encompassed by people. Wow. And I knew that something had happened, but I didn't know what it was. And I woke up to this gentleman saying, he's back. Mm. He's, he's made it back. And I had a nurse by the name of Deborah who I just gained great affection for. And I said, you know, what, what happened to me? And she, she wouldn't say. And so I pressed her on it a little bit. And I said, Deborah, you know, what happened? She said, we'll talk about it later. later. But, you know, honey, you're going to have a testimony to tell. <laughs> and here you and, are and telling and, your and story. Here, and here we are. Yes. Um, it, it wasn't long after that. And my sense of time during all this was not very good. I was in the hospital for, uh, for five days. And so my sense of time is not very good. But sometime shortly after that, I went down to code a second time. And, and every time this happens to me, it requires CPR and shocking to revive me. So it happened to me the second time. And I knew at that point I was in real trouble. And I asked for a chaplain. This was the height of COVID two years ago. Mm, Of course, yes. And they weren't letting anyone in. So I was denied a chaplain. They wouldn't even let Jana in the Mm, hospital. mm -hmm. Um, But I heard them get on the phone. They called Jana and said, look, you know, he's not doing well. He's, He's coded on us twice. He's going to have to have another surgery. Do you want him to have it? And do you want us to continue resuscitating him? And he's asking for a chaplain, and we don't have one, and we're not letting anyone in. Mm-hmm. So I, it was really, at that point, was probably the darkest point of this whole journey because I had reached a point that I realized that I might very well die. And that if I did, I wasn't going to have my family for comfort. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going to have the comfort of a spiritual leader. And I was going to die among strangers whose faces I couldn't even see because everybody was masked. Yeah. Um, I'm so sorry. It I was, can't it even was, imagine. That was, would be a dark time. It and was a terrible, You felt alone. I did. I really did. Um, and and I, 
again, I heard Jen on the on the phone with, mm-hmm. with someone. Well, just moments after that, uh, a nurse walked up with an iPad. And on this iPad was a gentleman by the name of Jack Martin. Uh-huh. And, and Jack is on staff at Park City's Baptist Church in Dallas and handles a great deal of hospital visits and families and things like that. Right. And I had actually known him. Well, it was the first face I had seen in, in well, over a day. <laughs> I bet you liked that. And I did. Uh-huh. Man, it's really nice to see a face. And um, I, I told Jack, I said, look, I'm, I'm in a bit of trouble. Mm-hmm. And would you just... Would you just pray over me? And he, and he said, sure. And Jill, I'm telling you, the words he spoke that night were so powerful mm-hmm. that everyone in that ICU that I could hear working stopped. And there became a peaceful calm in that room like I have never known before. And, you know, in Philippians, it talks about a peace that surpasses all understanding. That's my very best description. Mm-hmm. I have never in my life ever known just a peacefulness like that night. And what I came to realize is not only had people stopped working, but they were praying along with Jack for my well-being. Oh, how beautiful. And so... It took one of the most desperate of times, darkest of times, and made it one of the best. Mm-hmm. And, and when he was done, I honestly felt better. And I, I was ready to continue fighting. And I got down for my next procedure, and while I was waiting on it, I went on to code a third time. Mm-hmm. And... When I came out of that one, I, I was the most confused that I had been. Yes. I had no idea where I was, what I was doing there, what was happening to me. And it, it, it took a few minutes to, to really gather myself. And I said, you know, did I go out again? And I said, yeah, yeah you, you did it again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I got, the, I got the second stent, and the doctor came up to me afterwards and said, you know, Mr. Gardner, I'm sorry this is happening. Three to six percent of patients have their bodies reject a stent. So while it's unusual, it's really not uncommon. So with that, I told them I have always been an overachiever. <laughs> yes. So you were in that three to six percent. Uh, I was. Not good for this. Not good for this. Um, so what happened then? Well, they, they well first they thought that was really funny. Yeah, I and, bet. You know, you, know, you have to have a sense of humor. <laughs> so I got back uh, into the ICU, and I met a, a Dr. Willis. I, I should say that that you know again height of COVID. So to operate this hospital, the hospital was contracting with outside medical people. Mm-hmm. to keep their hospital operating. That's so, right. And I, where were you located? I was in Brownsville, Texas at oh, the time. Oh, okay, okay. And so there were, uh, I met people from Florida and, and Alabama, and she happened, this doctor happened to be from Houston. And the thing I liked about her was she was a very straightforward, no-nonsense girl, and, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm okay with that. And she said, look, you know, your heart's not conducive to you living right now. Here's what we're doing. We're working on this, this, and this. And we really think that when we see this, this, and this in your blood work, these things will stop happening to you. 
But until then, I need for you to stop doing this. And I went on to code a fourth time. A fourth time? A fourth time. Is this unusual? I I can't answer that. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I I can tell you that there were a whole lot of people that didn't think I would survive this. Yeah, yeah. Including yourself. Well, I I wondered about it. Mm -hmm. I sure did. And, And Jana is medical and wondered about it, too. It's the first time in 32 years that... Either one of us had considered what life might be like without the other. Mm. Um, but I came out of that fourth code, and there was Dr. Willis, and I said, look, am I going to beat this? And she said, just stay positive. It could be the difference. Just stay positive. I like that. I did, too. She was terrific. Mm. I mean, she really was. She was terrific. A godsend. She was. Um, so how did you stay positive you from know, that point on? You Just know, tell us, because we all go through things where we're maybe at our darkest hour. That's that's a really good question. There was a there was an aspect of me because I I tend to be a glass half full kind of guy. Mm-hmm. So there was a part of me that always felt like I would beat it, but I had enough things going on that made me wonder if I really would. So my favorite verse is Psalms 56.3. When I'm afraid, I will trust in you. Yes. And that's, that's really what I held on to. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you stretched your faith. I, I, you just had that, okay, because you have the faith, but you saw that God could do more if you just kept the faith. And like, it's almost like reaching out your hand and saying, Lord, help me. I believe, very much, very much I believe. So. Very much so. And, and, you know, I would, it, it's, it, it's one of those things that when I look back on it, I, I, I've come to realize that even as awful as some of the things were, there were some good things that happened. And there was no time, Jill, that I was ever super, super frightened. Mm-hmm. There were times I thought I might not make it, but never a time that I was ever really frightened. Mm-hmm. Because you were trusting in God. I was. And and, and honestly, I thought, the one time I thought about not making it, I thought, you know, if this doesn't go well, I'm just going to run into the arms of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And that was my plan. Yeah. That was my plan. You know, I believe you had that peace, like you said, that passed all understanding because you knew that if you didn't make it, you were going to be in the arms of Jesus. I was. I was. And so... That scripture that I think of, to live is Christ, to die is gain. Mm. Of course, you wanted to live, and you were you know, ready to go back into the arms of your wife and, and be with your family. But if that was not the plan that God had for you, you knew I did. the gain that you would receive. I it's did. beautiful. You know, there's a lot of power in that. There is. There there's is. a lot of power in that, and there's a lot of comfort in that. And that, that is something I have shared with people, is that... When you reach a point in life that you realize you may very well have reached the end, there's a lot of comfort in knowing that those of us that have accepted Christ as our Savior will go on to something better than this. Yes. And there's a lot of comfort in that. Right. And, and it was for me. So you had that reassurance knowing your salvation was secure because you had accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And at that moment where you were facing death and you didn't know 
Weren't you so glad you had made that decision? And wouldn't uh, you encourage other people who are listening that haven't made that decision I, I to put would. their faith in I, Jesus I would. Christ? I, I tell people now, your life can change on a walk. Oh, yes. That's what happened to you. <laughs> right. And so it, it's, it's a really good idea mm. to have your spiritual house in order. Yes. Um, and and be, because life can change so dramatically. You know, we live in a time of social media. We do. Right? And, and I've been looking at, at some of my Facebook posts and seeing what was happening to me days before that actually happened. Wow. I had no indication that no, anything was no. going to happen. No, you, in fact, were on a vacation. I was. Now, I let's was. go back to, okay, the doctor's talking to you. You've coded a fourth time. Yes. You really are at the point where they didn't think you were going to live. Tell us what happened then. Well, it, it was funny. When she told me, you know, just stay positive, when things started to get better, things really got better, wow. and they got better quickly. And I would tell you... I don't know that I've ever been happier to see a hospital room than I than when I was moved from the ICU <laughs> into a room. I thought, oh man, this is really great. Yeah, and, and, then, and then um, it was another day. Mm-hmm. They told me they were going to release me. They said, you know, you're well enough that we're going to release you. So it happened that quickly. It was that quick. When was, God heals, He heals. I'm telling when you, there's was, a miracle for you. Miracle. It was unbelievable, and and I should sh- I should share that Jana had set up a Caring Bridge website so mm-hmm. people could follow along for those who wanted to. There were over three thousand visits to that site. Nice. And yeah. you know, it's a humbling thing mm-hmm. to know you have that many people mm-hmm. thinking about you and praying for you. And uh, I I just I just really believe in all those things. Um, so you would say prayer makes a difference. Absolutely. Definitely. Absolutely. The power of prayer is real. It, it's, it is definitely yes. real. Yes, starting from the prayer from that pastor and, yes. and the doctors and the nurses yes. Absolutely. to everyone that has reached out through that caring bridge, yes. to people who heard about this and you don't even know that we're praying for that, you. That's true, too. That's true, too. So, so I, I, I got into, again, they said, look, you, two things. You, you're going to have to wear a life vest. And this was a device that was mm-hmm. nothing more than a shocking device. Okay. So it had probes. It had batteries. It had, in the event that, that it happened to me again and they weren't around, I had to wear it for a full month. And they told me I had to be able to get out of the bed on my own mm-hmm. with no help. And <laughs> I tell you, I had taken such a pounding that I knew it was going to be uncomfortable, but I, I knew I could do it. And I actually had the thought at one point, I'm miserable, but this is nothing like what Jesus faced going to the cross. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to figure this out. Wow. Wow. And that is so powerful. And it's true. I, I just, you think what Jesus went through, the sacrifices that he made so that we could be free and we could be made new. Mm-hmm. And it is humbling. It is. You know, I think of a scripture I just want to read, 2 Corinthians 5.17, because I see that not only did you survive, but you came out as a new creation um, through your experience and what you had been through because Jesus was so real, the power of the Holy Spirit in you, God healing you. So this is the scripture I want to read. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, 
He is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And all this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. There you are. You were a new creation. You are a new creation. Um, I know you said you had accepted Jesus before. You know, you were a believer, but just that new heart that he gave you, that new life, that new chance. Because I know when I visited with you before, you said, Jill, I'm a new man. I am not the same person I was going into that hospital. That's that's true. So describe that true. to us. Well, <clears throat> I don't know how anybody could to, could live through the things that I've lived through and not be changed by it. I don't know how that would be possible. Um, you know, the, I think there's a couple things. You know, one is that there there is great power in prayer, and there's such comfort in it. Mm-hmm. You know, I was told that not only was I well, but that my heart showed no damage at all. Wow, that uh, is rare. I, I was told, oh, and I, I had a top cardiologist in the Metroplex say, "Most people aren't as fortunate as you." He goes, "Get out of here. Go <laughs> I live. Love go, that. go live your life, and I'll yes. see you in a year." Uh-huh. So, I mean, there's power in prayer. There's, there's healing, you know. Um, the Lord has amazing healing power. And I know that not everyone's story ends like mine. But even with that, I would tell you that I found such comfort, even at the darkest times, when it looked like I might not survive it. It really was okay. Yes. It really was okay. It really was. And did you believe in miracles before? <clears throat> I did. You did. I did. So you knew that God could perform and would perform miracles, and you prayed that it would be this, that you would be <laughs> you know, a recipient of that miracle, you, maybe that you had seen others with some positive. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I, I've, of course, seen things. people that have overcome great things. All right. Right. My prayer actually was. A little different than that. Okay, um, what was it? When when I when I coded the third time, I I said, you know, Lord, I'm really okay with whatever you decide here, mm. but if I'm going to continue to endure these things, could I see something? I really wanted to see something. I wanted uh, to see a light or see a yes. past loved one or feel a warmth or because mm. I felt like it would have been great comfort to me at the time, and it just was never to happen for me mm-hmm. um, because you. He was not ready. For just you. wasn't. Mm-hmm. Just wasn't ready, mm-hmm. and uh, so that that uh, yeah, I clearly I believe in miracles. I, I believe my my life is a miracle, right. um, and and I <laughs> I've often wondered um, what is there about my life that was was worth saving and continuing to go on, and so I, I really appreciate the opportunity to share this because this is very important to me. Yes. And I think this is a story that should be told because I don't think for one minute this story is about me. No, it's about I, the power of God. It is, and, and the power prayer. of prayer, yes. and the strength that mm-hmm. when people, when God's people gather to pray, it is powerful. And I think that's the message of this. I don't think it really has anything to do with my survivability of it. Even though I'm, I'm to tell you, I feel blessed doesn't begin to tell you how I feel, but. I, I just, I just feel so, so firmly about the fact that had I not had all of all of that, mm-hmm. I just don't know that it would have worked out the yeah, same way. Yeah. I really don't. Yeah. 
You know, I agree with you. Um, I've seen miracles through the power of prayer. I've seen um, comfort. I have felt the effects of when I pray, how close I feel to God. It's just, it's a way to really improve and grow and deepen your relationship with Jesus Christ through prayer. And isn't it awesome to pray in a group with people? It is. It, it is. He is present among us. You know, you know that scripture, Matthew, um, that talks about um, where two or more are gathered in my name. Mm-hmm. I am there among mm-hmm. them. And I, and I believe that. I and yesterday I found this scripture. He is living among you. And that's from Zephaniah 317. And he is, he's living among mm-hmm. us. And when we pray... It's the power of God and the presence of God and the Holy Spirit is, is there with us. And you felt that in that hospital room. I did. I did. And you said it was quiet, but I bet you could hear the prayers and just that sweet voice. You know, you just... Yeah. And then the powerful voice of, of the minister. Yes. Well, you know, God I, empowers people. And, and Jack and I have actually talked about that uh-huh. since then. And he had mentioned that there are times that and, and, you know, again, height of COVID, that there were probably people in that room that needed to be encouraged. Mm-hmm. And I think that happened, too. Yes. And, you know, a horrible time for all of us. But, right. boy, being in the medical business, yeah. COVID was, was really tough. Yeah. Um, and we respect all of those people who who were there in the front line with you. And, and throughout that whole time, it was... It was a difficult time and not being able to be with the, your loved ones during oh. that. But you know what is really neat? God was with you. True. He never leaves or forsakes us. So true. COVID can't take him away or anything. Yeah. And so That's you right. knew God was with you and living in you. And, and I love that. And so where do you go from here? Well, you look I, like you're healthy and, <laughs> and laughing and smiling. Yeah. And I did see a change in you. I yeah. knew you before... Yeah you know, your your heart attack and after, and you just have this joy that, yeah, so that I see now, I and it's that. like you're just so grateful. I always say it's a great day to be alive. Yes. You know what that <laughs> it, it, feels it is. Like. In fact, it's funny you say that because I was looking at uh, my post from from a year ago, and that was one of the things I said is that, you know, you hear that uh, it's a great day to be alive, but God, it is so true. Yes. It is so true. Um, you know, I, I feel good. Um, Good. I, I'm, I'm, I just, I'm thankful to continue. Um, I'm on a fair amount of medicine, but that's okay. But you know, I'm really, yeah, I'm really good. okay with it. Yeah. And, and, and everybody, thank God for the medicine. You know, I, in isn't it fantastic that we're at a point that we have medications that can, that can help people. We have equipment out there that can help diagnose areas Mm -hmm. of our bodies that need attention and the skill sets of people that can do all those things. Right. Isn't it fantastic to have all of that? Um, But it was, um, you know, I I just, when I got to leave the hospital, and and yes, I I never felt truly alone, alone, Mm -hmm. because of things, you know, we've talked about but I will tell you, when I got out that hospital and onto the steps there and saw my family for the first time in about six days, wow. mm. that was a fantastic time. That yes. it was a sweet imagine. time. I, I, you know, I don't think I'll ever forget that. And as it turned out, because of 
um, the hospital having to contract with so many people, we happened to be there during shift change. So several of the people that had helped me, I got to say goodbye to. And, and one of them was, was Deborah. Aww, that's funny. Do you so, still keep in touch with any no, of them? No, most of them, you know, they don't carry on a right, relationship with right. patients, and, right. which, which I, I, I understand, understand. In, in respect. But, but you pray for her, I and do. I'm sure, you know, you made an impact on her and, and, and the doctors and, and the nurses that they saw a miracle. I mean, you know. And they, you, all, they all said it. Yes. They all said that. So, wow, that that's huge. That's huge. So before we close, is there something that you want to just share with our listeners? If you had to say one thing to them from this experience that you've had, one or two things, <laughs> just what, what would you like to say? Uh, you know, I think the single most important thing is just be sure you have your spiritual house in order. And there is no more important decision you will ever make than deciding where you want to spend eternity. And if you have not taken a few minutes just to speak with someone about what Christ can do for you, I would encourage you just to have a conversation because it's the real truth. And there's real power in what happens with this. And um, if there was one thing, that's what I would encourage people to do. Have a conversation. It doesn't have to even be combative. Let's just have a conversation about this Mm -hmm. and see where it takes us. That's great advice. And and yes, know where you will spend eternity. Mm -hmm. Be sure. Mm -hmm. You're right. It's the most important decision that you can make. And there's hope there. There is. You know you're going to see your loved ones again who made that same decision that you've made and what joy there is when you run into the arms of Jesus, when it's our time and we're called. But until then, you're going to be grateful for each day oh, yeah. and, and do what God has called you to do. So we really appreciate you coming in here today oh, and sharing the story. And I know that this impacted many people. So thank yeah. you. And we're so glad that you're here. Thank you. And thank feeling you good. For and me. You're I so really welcome. I appreciate it, Joe. Would you like to sure. close us in sure. prayer? Father, I am, I am so grateful for times like this that I can gather with my friend Jill and, sh- and share this story and I just pray Father that that people who hear this will understand that there is real power and healing power in our Lord and I just thank you so much for the opportunity to continue on and I feel blessed and I just thank you so much for letting me have each and every day. I just pray for everyone listening. In your name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to Real Life, Real People Radio. If you would like to hear more episodes, simply search Real Life, Real People Radio on Apple, Google, and Podbean Podcasts. And remember, every day will be a good day when you get real with God. Real Life, Real People Radio, copyrighted 2022. All rights reserved. Real life, real people, real faith, Jesus the center.